0: Welcome to PodCraft, honing the art of podcasting. The bite-sized show that covers one topic in depth each series. Your complete podcasting guide. PodCraft brings the pieces together so you don't have to. And now your host, Colin Gray.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Series 4 of PodCraft. This is a series where we're talking about planning and presenting your content. So how you actually get down to the logistics of putting out episodes on a weekly, a monthly basis and making sure they're as engaging as they possibly can be. On this episode, I thought that it would be worth looking into presentation skills. So how you actually put your voice forward, how you plan a presentation, how you plan putting forward some content towards your audience. Now, when I was at uh, the UK Pod Conference uh, back in August, one of the presentations that really caught my attention was that by John Colley. So he presented uh, a good half hour to 45 minutes on how to launch your podcast. And I just thought it was a really good presentation because there was so much actionable stuff in there, kept my attention for the whole way through. I just really liked John's style. So I thought he'd be a great person to get on to talk about presentation skills and how that in-person presentation style or the, the, the learning that we can take from presenting in person, which there's a ton of it around. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that's uh, loads of training courses, loads of material around around how to present in person, how we can apply that to podcasting. So how we can apply that to talking into the microphone and presenting to larger audiences who are not in the room with you. Now you'll hear John's thoughts on that and his tips all around that kind of stuff. And we also delve into a few other areas too um, around uh, his interviewing skills, tips, that type of stuff. So you'll learn lots of great stuff from John and his work with the Online Learning Podcast. Now you can always get the information for this episode at podcraft.net forward slash 404. You'll find the show notes there. And as always, I'd love to hear what you think. Pop over to that page and leave a comment. Let me know your answer to the question. How do you present with a microphone? How do you think uh, when you're presenting? Like, do you picture somebody in your head? Do you think you're speaking to a large audience? How do you, how do you imagine uh, people are listening when you speak into a microphone? It's a question I often get from beginner. Uh, presenters how they can just speak to the microphone and not uh, just how to make it more authentic while there's nobody in front of you so what techniques do you use to make sure that you're authentic that you're engaging when there's actually nobody in the room with you what do you do so drop me a comment on podcraft.net forward slash 404 and let me know what you think of that but enough of that let's get on to the content here's john Colley, the podcast host honing your skills Get your free equipment buyer's guide at thepodcasthost.com forward slash kit. Get the right equipment. First time. Okay, so thanks very much for joining us on the podcast, John. Well, it's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for asking me. I feel very honoured. No, that's, that's, uh, the honour is mine. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> so, yeah, just to explain where this came from, I saw you present, obviously, at uh, UK Pod in August this year. <laughs> Uh, where you were talking about, what was that again? Promotion on Podcast, wasn't it? What was the title?
0: Yeah, it's, it's how, to, how to, to launch a podcast, basically. How to launch, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And as we were talking about presenting and planning content this series, I thought it'd be great to get you on to talk about how to get your point across on a podcast. So this episode obviously is all around how to present, uh, talking style, um, what you have to have in front of you, all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, I'm hoping we can get some uh, some great tips out of you. Well, I'm hoping
0: that my approach isn't too simplistic
1: I'm beginning to get worried now no no not <laughs> at all well that that's what I'm finding actually with these um with these uh, interviews I'm doing for this series actually a lot of the planning I was kind of expecting there to be more systems more complications more um just more planning actually but a lot of people just seem to find the simple way works better it's just a bit easier to uh, to organize and keep sustainable
0: so um yeah well, i Yes, well, I mean, I think the, the, the there's two two approaches I've tried, and we can discuss them both. One is to be very organised and have a series of pre-prepared questions, which I share with my um, uh, you know guest beforehand. Yeah, and the other approach is to be very much less organised and have nothing more than a general outline. I'm going to ask you for six points around whatever your favourite subject is. Yes. And make it more of a free-flowing conversation, and it really depends on who I'm talking to, as to which approach I try. Okay. So, what? Um, how do you determine that? What are the characteristics of the people? Uh, um, if I'm if I'm interviewing somebody, um, and and in my my podcast, the online learning podcast, I essentially I interview uh, either um, course or online course instructors guys who make courses uh, or um i have my uh influencer interview which is really my excuse to talk to basically anybody i want to yeah. i think it's interesting um and so when i talk to a course instructor then there's the, it's easier to have a format because i want to know about them that's always the, the first question um, and then i want to know their story i want to know a little bit about their background so i ask them um and lead them through how they came to create online courses and that can often have some quite interesting um, little anecdotes attached to it. And that gets me then naturally to the point about, to talk about their online courses. And then I then focus down and ask them specifically about one of their courses, which is going to be the course that we spend most of the time talking about. And ultimately, I put a promotion out for it. And then I have a questions about um, who, um, you know, what their experience was of creating a course and the advice they would have for other course creators. I then ask them for a recommendation on a course they've they've taken by somebody else, which gives me another excuse to give a plug to somebody uh, else out there. Indeed. And then basically, we have a, 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 a we we've already discussed, but we then um, uh, put out a coupon code and a discount offer on the course, and then have a wrap up as to where people can find you. So that format is pretty well established. Yeah. Now I have tried in earlier episodes having a marketing tip at the front and at the back I used to do a free course recommendation, but to be absolutely honest, um, it was always the interviews that got the feedback mm. and I found that having all that extra content made it a lot longer to produce and, and I thought sort of almost delayed getting into the, um, into the meat of the interview, which which to my mind is always the the, 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 best, the best part the most interesting part of any podcast is when somebody has a discussion with somebody else. Yeah so that, that's the, the more that's the more structured form. Yeah.
1: Okay. In that case, then. So for that one, you mentioned sending pre-prepared questions. To people, how do you do that? With you, you say you do that depending on the person. How detailed are those questions? Are they just a overall summary, or do you actually get down to the meat of it there?
0: No, they're they're pretty well in the form I just described to you. I mean, it's literally um single line. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever the number mm-hmm. is. You know, this these are the topics I'm going to be because we will be covering Mm -hmm. in this order so they can they can see that and i i I do that in a number of ways i have an email pre pre set up which i can send people which i can you know send on skype or by you know by email or or whatever sometimes Mm -hmm. you know i have a um um you know a, a pre call with them and then do the interview another time but i always um have a chat with them before i start and i always try and take 10 or 15 minutes talking about what they're doing how, they, and it, it breaks the ice you get to know them a little bit you establish a bit of a bond so then when you go them into the interview it's not cold i found if you if you go in with somebody you don't know and we've met before so it's a lot easier but when you go in with somebody you don't know um it can be very difficult to really sort of pick up and get a, a rapport going if you haven't actually you know um sort of chewed the cud for a few a few minutes before you start
1: yeah, that's interesting. Actually, that's someone that came up with somebody else um, I spoke to, actually, who's going to be on the next episode, particularly around interviewing. Um, he said the exact same thing, that he does pre-calls for it, and that's, do you know, that's not something that I've done before, but I suppose I've actually mostly interviewed
0: people that I have met before. So yeah, just like you, you mentioned there. I think you you have to judge your guest and how used they are to being interviewed on a podcast. Uh, where people are very familiar with podcasting, it's a lot easier. Um, but I've uh, interviewed a wide range of people from all over the world. And many of them, although they are course creators, so they're used to creating content. Um, they're not used to being interviewed. And, and they get a bit worried that I'm going to try and catch them out or ask them a question they can't answer. Yes. And, and I try to, to, to explain to them that basically this isn't really an interview. This is just a conversation between the two of us. And you can think of that, that there will be one other person listening in at some point, <laughs> because podcasts are only ever listened to by one person at a time. Yeah. So it's, it's really just a personal conversation. And I try and keep it as relaxed as possible. Um, I don't edit at all if i don't have to sure um you know even if my dog um does some gratuitous barking i won't (laughs) edit but if um if there's a a major interruption then obviously i have to to go back and and trim things out yeah um, otherwise i tell people this is just a natural conversation you know if you get muddled up doesn't matter we just carry on yeah just just keep it as natural as possible
1: yeah absolutely so that leads into the presenting style then. i mean that's you you're advocating this style of you're not really thinking about presenting, you're actually just chatting to somebody, especially in, a, in a,
0: a, an interview, I should say. I, I think, I think the, the simple answer to that is yes. Um, <laughs> uh, do whatever you feel comfortable doing. I, I've never thought about presenting style because I've just thought about it, as we're talking now, as being myself. And uh, I'm not very good at being other people. Um, I haven't really tried for quite a long time, <laughs> I have to admit. <laughs> Um, and I certainly can't do impersonations, so it's, I'm really just down to being me, <laughs> and and I just try and keep it as me. And you know, and and depending on who you're talking to, you could have a quite high energy um, discussion, um, and then other times you have a a, a lower, more considered um, discussion. But yeah. you know, either way, um, it's it just sort of goes with the flow.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's an interesting point because I think that's something that comes up a lot when I speak to people about. Um, getting started in podcasting. That's the thing they're always afraid of. It's the how they come across. And that's what I always tell them as well, similar to what you just said, just be yourself. But thats it's actually a difficult thing for people to do when they've never been in that position before, i.e. talking into a microphone, talking to people as if they're, well, because they realise people are listening. Do you have any tips that probably are as applicable to presenting in front of a room full of people as they are on a microphone around how to become natural on a, on the mic how to how to be yourself how to just just do it basically
0: well i mean we're just sitting here having a conversation i happen to be using a mic rather than a telephone <laughs> and i think i would just say to people look well you know we all talk on the telephone every day and and this is essentially no different I just happen to have a, a blue Yeti sitting in front of me in a pop screen, but um, that just means I've got hands free and it's nice and comfortable and relaxing. But we we could be doing this on a on a on a telephone handset, and um, you know, if you have a natural telephone conversation, then why can't you, instead of just having the the hardware of a telephone, you have a hardware of a microphone? But essentially, it's the same conversation. Um, I think speaking in, in in front of people is is a slightly different game because that 's a, a, a one to many uh, engagement where you you do have to try to to um, you know, make eye contact with as many people as possible and work the room and, and have different energy levels and things like this. This is a much more intimate medium, which is why I think it 's such a brilliant um uh, you know, way of communicating and, and of of creating content because it is so intimate. And and I just try and say to people, this is just a conversation between you and me but you know, bear in mind, somebody will be listening in, i.e. keep your language clean, please, yes. particularly <laughs> on iTunes. Um, but <laughs> apart from that, it's just it's just a relaxed conversation and people want to hear like I mean, I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and, and the, the best ones are always the most natural ones. And I, when you start off, yeah, it's different. difficult. If you can get back to some of John Lee Dumas early podcasts. I I mean, he'll admit this and, you know, he his first 10 or 20 or 30 interviews. We're very, very structured, organised. He, he, like me, is a is a former army officer, so we we like things well organised and pre-planned, and you know all that stuff. But of course, uh, a plan never survives first contact with the enemy, and so um, I think if you over overstructure it, you can lose the the naturalness. And and of course, John is now a consummate interviewer, and his whole style is much more relaxed and um, you know engaging, and you know he knows where to get his plugs in. <laughs> The the other thing I, I would say about the 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 art and the style of of podcasting, um, and you're you're doing very well on this, um, Colin, is to, um, basically, the whole the whole object of the exercise is to make your guests look good, and um, if you ask them open questions and encourage them to talk, as you're letting me ramble on, <laughs> um. Then basically, you you know you are creating an interesting piece of content because you're getting as much as you can out of your guests. and you you know you should make sure that you've done a little bit of homework on them so you can say how brilliant they are at this or how well they've done that and how successful they've been. So you you up you know up them um, you know uh, up you know, sort of talk them up a little bit um, to to really present them in the best possible light. But then you need to ask um, open questions which gives them the chance to, you know, explore the topic. Um, you know, avoid um, yes-no answer questions. Just, you know, ask open questions and invite them to, um, to you know, give you their 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 opinions and their views, you know, just as you're doing now. Indeed.
1: Yeah, some great stuff in there around interviewing techniques and um, tips, yeah. What then do you think differs when you are presenting just yourself? So a lot of people do podcasts that aren't involving interviews so it's not talking to other people so maybe is that do you think more similar to the um standard presenting in front of a crowd or i know i think i I totally agree with you i think it's still much more intimate and that's why podcasts are so successful but what do you think differs in terms of delivery presentation when you're just doing a solo podcast
0: yeah I, i take your point um uh, i mean i 've done um, particularly in, in in my first podcast which i don 't don 't uh, add, add more to um, anymore, but I started off uh, repurposing some of my blog content and actually just reading it and God that sounded awful I mean really 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 flat so now when i um, do a solo uh, episode, which I don't do very often, but occasionally I'll have something I want to get across and um, decide to to package it up into a podcast. So I tend to have a set of of well-structured, detailed bullets prepared, and I really just talk to those. And so, um, again, when I'm doing a um, a piece of public speaking, um, yeah, I have all my slides prepared and all the rest of it, uh, but I tend to speak and i've I know what i'm going to talk about i have rehearsed it but i tend to speak from a series of bullet point prompts and either they're on a piece of paper in front of me which you can do very easily if you're doing a podcast uh, and and even sometimes i don't have a piece of paper at all and i just use my slides as the bullet point prompts to cover each point of the topic and that's how i set the slides up so when you're doing a solo podcast um it is important that um you can keep the the energy and the pace and the intonation and and really make your voice sound natural. Because if you, um, you know, read out, and, you know, I mean, so if I get a piece of paper here, so the essence of a high-converting Udemy promotion... Look out for my 48-hour flash sale, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah. that just sounds like, um, you know, I mean, it's so boring. People yeah. just turn off, and it's completely unnatural. There's no – the, the style you write in is never the style you speak in, mm-hmm. uh, which why dictation software always comes out really odd. So um, you need to keep the the pace going. You need to keep um, the the naturalness there. And, and the way I do that, while still making sure that I don't go off on red herrings and down holes and everything else, is by having this structure. But I just see the bullet and then I'll talk to each bullet for about a minute and, and keep, keep moving on like that. That's, that's interesting. That's what I was about to ask you about what kind of
1: detail are in your bullets, because I think that's something that newbie podcasters particularly struggle with. They realise that they shouldn't, I mean, they're told straight away that they shouldn't write everything, write it out word for word. You shouldn't be reading it because, like you say, it takes a lot of skill to be able to read something and sound interesting. So then they turn to bullets and they end up writing such detailed bullets that they end up getting lost within them. And I've done this myself. you you try to read your bullets and you lose which one you're at and it ends up being a bit stumbly. Um, so there is a skill to writing even bullet points. So you're saying that your bullet points tend to have enough detail that you maybe talk for around a minute. Is that right?
0: yeah i mean that's a very you know broad broad estimation yeah um i mean each each one is a point in itself that i want to make and I might add, uh, extemp, you know, I might, I might just think of an anecdote or a story to reinforce the point. So I'll, I'll drop the story in. I might yeah. not have prepared to do that. I think, oh yeah, I remember a time when, and, and, cause stories are great. Stories are really <laughs> engaging. And I yes. love trying to get stories out of people, but otherwise, yeah, I try to keep to the structure. And, and, you know, you, you can, if you, if you have a, a topic and you want to keep some pace, you know, one to two minutes a point, and then you have need to keep an eye on how long do you want your episode to be. Um, and the, the simple answer, is 20 minutes if you're playing to everybody who's commuting in America but the real answer is it needs to be as long as it has to be to cover the topic um, and if that's 5 minutes that's great and if that's 45 minutes that's fine too as long as you're creating interesting content people will want to follow it through Definitely, I, that's something that I think a lot of people lose out on isn't it, they think that
1: they have to have say a, a half hour episode or a 20 minute episode and stick to that every single time and sometimes stretch it out and sometimes cut it short but it should be as short as possible
0: to fit in the necessary information, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I love doing interviews where I, they say, "How long is this going to last?" I said, "Well, anything from half an hour to an hour. It just depends how we go." And don't I don't want to put people under um, time pressure because if they're if they're saying some really interesting stuff, I want them to keep going. Yeah, because they're adding great value to to my audience, and uh, the more I can get out of them, the better. Yeah, um, I've just done two interviews with guys uh, who have created. Uh, who, well, they basically both earned over a million dollars uh, creating online courses—one on Udemy and one on Fedora. the The Fedora episode just been published, and because the the stuff is so good, I've even done detailed show notes, which I'm offering as a as a, a download, because there was just so much in there that you know I don't do transcripts, but I I just felt I had to produce some show notes. Oh, attached to a sign up, of course, to fill my email list. <laughs> But um, I, you know, just thought there's so much here. Um, it'd be it'd be wrong not to do it. And and actually, the the way I did that is after I finished both interviews, I then immediately did a first draft of all the notes. I, I had written notes, but while well, it, it was all fresh in my mind, and I ended up with a one case a two and a half page PDF, and in the other case a four page PDF. Yeah, that's great. Um, so so that that's, you know the more people talk and the more value they add, then the better.
1: Yeah, and, um, and like yeah, you say, it's vali- I, I, sorry. I was going to say it's valuable for you, but it's also valuable for them, isn't it? Because they, the lo- the more value they deliver, if they're going for an hour, delivering great stuff the whole
0: way, then they look great and benefit out of it too. Oh, definitely, absolutely. And I mean, the whole point about as I said we we go back to the point. The the whole point of the the interview is to make your guests look brilliant. Mm-hmm. um and and you know and that's why people want to come on because they they are promoting themselves uh it, whether they're selling anything or not is not the point but they're building their online brand and they're you know they are it, this is a, an opportunity for them to reach an audience that they otherwise wouldn't reach so i'm i'm getting a chance to, for the first time to to speak to your audience so that's a, that's a huge bonus for me you know that's really wonderful
1: yeah yeah and it's yeah i mean it's a 2 e thing isn't it so it's great um, there's something you mentioned just a minute ago that I wanted to go back to, the storytelling so that seems to me to be something that's really fashionable right now it, it's, we're, not to age the podcast but we're right in the middle of well, we're right at the end of 2014 right now and the big things in podcasting at the moment are the startup podcast and Serial to me anyway that's what's coming out, they're both storytelling <laughs> podcasts that are succeeding because they're very well produced and they tell a story start to end and each episode is actually a continuation of the previous one is that something that you build into your presentations and your podcasts if you're doing? Um, possibly it doesn't apply to interviews. I'm not sure. Will you tell me actually? How, how do you build in storytelling to your podcasting?
0: Um, it, I, my, my podcasts are very much standalone, one podcast to another, because each one, I mean, I can be talking one week to somebody who's um, created a course about making courses. And the next week I could be talking to somebody who's created a course about yoga. So Mm -hmm. the continuity from that point of view is quite difficult. Um, What I try to encourage my guests to do is to illustrate their points with stories from their own experience as much as possible. Um and so I'll even at some point if if they you know they don't naturally come up with something I will say to them well can you give me an example of, of when that was particularly successful or when you know um no names no patril but when a client of yours implemented something you told them or you know when you um, helped somebody out or whatever it is and encourage them to to go back and draw on their experience because I think that really brings things to life and and people love to hear not only stories of success but also stories of failure and what what you've learned from them you know. If People are prepared to, um, you know, own up to not getting things right the whole time. You know, I mean, some of my earlier podcasting episodes are absolutely diabolical. <laughs> um, but it's only only by doing them that I've I've learned. You know, I've learned, and I continue to learn every day, all the time. Um, but you 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 know you you only realise after the event. You know, when you're somewhat further down the road. Um, that you know you have learned experience and, and sharing that experience with people in the form of a story or an anecdote um, i think can be true and tremendously in- interesting and engaging
1: yeah that's that's a great tip around um, the questions to encourage people because i think you're right there's stories help so much but not everyone's a natural storyteller are they not everybody would bring that kind of information up by by um by default i guess so yeah having
0: those uh, questions uh, on uh, hand yeah a good example of, of the technique is if you go and listen to any of John Dumas, Johnny Dumas Entrepreneur on Fire episodes, uh, he does have a pretty structured format to his interview. He has a set of questions he takes people through and therefore they know what to expect. Um, and some of those are like, you know, what's uh, your favorite saying or, or you know, those sorts of, you know, inspirational sayings. But he says, you know, he says, well, tell me about a time when you failed tell me about your aha moment Mm -hmm. you know tell me about this and 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 so he his his um questions are really inviting um landmark stories at different points in people's journeys from where they started to where they are today yeah and and that's one of the reasons i think his podcast is, is so much fun to listen to because he's basically it's a series of stories and because his guests know that's the format you know they come on and they're prepared and they know what what to expect and and they have their stories ready um now that's one way of doing it but if you warn your guests before you start recording look you know if you can think of any stories or anecdotes you know people really love stories and it's really interesting uh, and you know if i get half an excuse i'll prompt you if you don't mind and that's generally for me that that's enough i don't want it to be a whole series of connected anecdotes i i want tips and advice and recommendations and a whole range of other stuff as well but, yeah. but stories are definitely an important part
1: great yeah do you do you build stories into your in-person presentations
0: um yeah i do i do from time to time i'm I'm slightly careful um it's it's always good to try to start um with some sort of anecdote or some sort of way of connecting with the audience um and that actually can also be asking the questions of audiences but but as far as stories are concerned um it it's it, I will use them as long as they're not too long and they don't disrupt the flow of what I'm trying to get across. Because most of my public presenting style, uh, as you'll you'll recall from UK Pod fourteen, um, is not what I would call the keynote style. Where and we had an excellent keynote speaker, um, but uh, he basically gave us a a series of stories about you know his experiences. Yeah. Um, I come at it very much from the I want to give you some actionable advice that you can take away and do something with today on whatever topic I'm doing. That's how I teach. That's how I speak. So if stories reinforce the benefits of some of the advice, that's great. But um, otherwise, I tend to focus more on on, you know, action rather than anecdote.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I, I mean, everyone's got their own style, don't they? Um, and I, I think that's a good tip there. Around put a, a short story, maybe at the start, to engage people, draw people in. I think that that's some of the most successful podcasts I find do that. The the, the presenters manage to tie in something just about their personal life or something that's going on in their yep. business, something like that, just in the first few minutes. But without, yeah. like you say, without diverting too much, without going on too long, just enough to
0: well, draw look, people. I'll in. give I'll give you I'll give you a story, and I'll give you an example of when <laughs> I got it horribly wrong. Sure. Um, that was when I was um, at Sandhurst, which for our non-English uh, audience is the um, British Army's officer training academy. It's the equivalent to West Point. We were taught presenting skills and we had to, in syndicates, present to the whole of our, our, our you know, our course, our intake. Um, and we thought we were encouraged. We thought it'd be really good to have a good joke or a slide or something funny at the beginning to get people's attention um, and keeping it clean. Uh, the Queen LP um, um, of um, all the young ladies sitting on bicycles, um, uh, obviously straight out of a nudist camp, may be familiar to some. <laughs> um, and I think it's—I'm um, I'm sure, i won't even guess at the title because I'm going to get it wrong. And I want to keep it as clean as possible. But anyway, we sure. had this this slide, and this is in the old days when actually you had you know 35 mil slides made. And the first slide in our presentation was the, this picture from the Queen LP. But we changed the title, and um, we were doing our course with the, um, the, the uh, ladies who were also going into the Army. Now they're much more integrated. Then there was a separate um, uh, corps of um, women in the Army, which, calls, which was called the Women's Royal Army Corps, uh, WRAC. And we put as our heading, um, this could be me in the WRAC. Knowing before, well, we'd get a jolly good laugh from the boys and we probably wouldn't be spoken to by the girls. Yes. Incredibly, sex, incredibly sexist, totally unacceptable today. Uh, this was 1983, so I hope you'll forgive me for, for being quite so um, <laughs> But I got my comeuppance because unbeknownst to me, the chairman of the judging panel for the best presentations was the Colonel, uh, lady colonel officer who was commanding the WRAC College. So not only did we get um, uh, very low marks for our presentation, but we also got got punished and had to do extra extra duties as a consequence of this appalling slur on her core. So um, you know you, you need to you need to know your audience is my advice there yes. before you start uh, putting anecdotes and stories in because um, you can, it can go horribly wrong.
1: <laughs> well, there, there's a great example of a story that I think will uh, yeah entertain people, but also give a great point too. <laughs> So that's yeah, yeah that's good, um, and yeah, going back actually to you mentioned the keynote at uh, UK Pod, which was Jason Van Orden. Um, you're mm. right; he just he basically spent what was it, forty five minutes? Can't remember whether it was a half hour or forty five minutes, but mm. whatever it was, telling stories. He didn't do any well. I don't remember any actionable points. Um, apart from stuff that was really built into the stories he was telling, but it was still so engaging and he knew his audience. That was that was what brought it back to my mind there because you just said, know your audience. He knew his audience. He knew how to tap into their psyche, like around the whole escaping the cubicle, getting out of your, your day job and doing your passion for a living, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's, that's probably the key to the stories. Know your audience and actually tell them to those people and what their needs and desires are
0: but but i think a keynote is is a very different so if you are the keynote speaker then you almost expect everybody else to do the heavy lifting you're there to um really make a mark and entertain and um to share your experience because people you you're generally going to be um higher profile more experienced um possibly older and and have a real message to convey um, whereas the the likes of you know little old you and me um are still very much there on the teaching mode. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't get I get don't get drawn in to be asked to be told you know, to tell people about my the wonderful stories and the life and the things I've done and all that stuff because you know it's really not that interesting. <laughs> but um, the, but the style of the presentation is is very different, and I and I think yes, it partly comes back to be yourself and do it how you feel comfortable doing it. Um, but also you need to um. You'll agree a topic, and this is the same when podcasting. You'll decide the topic you're going to cover, and it's entirely up to you how you decide to cover it. Um, And you may decide to go for a a more anecdotal-based experiential um, covering of the topic, or you may want to go down more on the actionable give people things they can take away and do type approach. And there may be other approaches as well. Um, I just can't think of any of them.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's the main two, really, isn't it? Yeah, really actionable or quite um, abstract, but people take a lot of points Mm. from them. So, yeah, that's great stuff. Motivational, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, Okay, coming back to the, well, you mentioned there that you did a presentation course at Sandhurst and um, you've also done a lot since then do you have any kind of actual just technical basic tips around how to sound good on the mic, like how to present yourself, how to project your voice, how
0: to set that type of stuff? Um, again, different, um, and I'm still learning as far as podcasting is concerned. I'm always experimenting with how I position my mic. Um, you know, definitely have a pop screen. That's, that's basics. But, um, I mean, when I'm, when I'm addressing, um, an audience and I'm, you know, wired up for sound, um, I tend to be much more uh, expansive, and I I go at it uh, with much higher energy, whereas when I'm I'm podcasting, um, I tend to get a bit closer to the microphone and make it more of a discussion and a talk and feel like I'm um, having a conversation with somebody. When I started off, and you'll laugh at this, I actually got my old teddy bear out, and I sat him in front of my computer, (laughs) and I talked to him. Right. And so it gave me a focus for my conversation. I was explaining it to him. And, and you know, um, and it, I did find to start off with it, that helped me to um, particularly for solo episodes to come across more naturally rather than um you know uh, well certainly less robotically than i did when i was starting
1: (laughs) that's actually i know you said that we'll laugh at that but that's actually a really nice tip um because that's i think mentioned earlier on one of the biggest questions i get is how how on earth do i speak on the mic how do i get used to this whole speaking to no one and that's that's great just have something in front of you that you're familiar with that you know whether it's a teddy or a photo or something like that that you speak to that person i really
0: like that I, I wouldn't recommend speaking to your dog because he, think, my, my 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 dog who's actually he's behaving himself very well today. Who's asleep, lying down by the radiator. But um, if you start talking to him, he comes over and you know licks you. And then if you don't give him yeah. attention, he barks at you. And then, of course, that then blows out the okay. <laughs> the recording. Yeah, nothing so, that speaks um, back. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, or indeed, you know, get your partner to um to sit and and you know be an audience of one and talk to them if they're prepared to um to go through that yeah to be bored by you for an hour <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um do you
1: have any uh warm-up techniques or anything like that beforehand i've heard i heard stories of
0: podcasters with vocal warm-ups and that kind of thing do you do any of that kind of stuff um actually i don't you know i mean i just recorded an episode this morning at half past five i woke up early knew i i had the i had the interview in the bag but i needed to put the um the the front end of the back end together and so I came down, and I, I think it's going to come across as either a very sleepy episode. It's <laughs> going to come across, but I was I was consciously, I think, you know, more studied and quiet than I am when I'm more animated, you know, a bit later in the day. But, yes, um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't really. I just sort of get stuck into it. I think I get an automatic warm up because I have a chat with my guest normally before mm-hmm. I get started. So yeah. That that in a sense, um, you know, if I haven't if I've been working and haven't been speaking for an hour or two, yeah, that sort of addresses that point um and and again it really does come down to you, sh- you know you shouldn't need the warm-up it's really about warming your audience up war- sorry yeah. warming your guest up and um and making them feel at ease and relaxed so that um you know you when you kick off um things are are you know flow well and you engage well
1: yeah yeah that's that's a really nice point actually the fa- just the wo- the wo- the chat beforehand with your guest works as a vocal warm-up as well it just it came up because i, ha- I did a course with that um a singing teacher actually a long time ago which was a presenting course and she took us through some vocal warm-up exercises that were really weird like you had to make funny noises like and all this kind of stuff like it was just and i thought it was crazy but actually i have tried it out a few like a lot since uh and it does make a big difference to my voice um especially if i've not been speaking for a couple of hours so if i've just been sitting in front of the computer chatting uh, sorry typing away Um, and just try and speak straight away. It just doesn't work as well. My voice doesn't project as well. It doesn't come across as well. So you're doing a similar thing and just talking to somebody for ten minutes. I think that probably is a, a really good way to do it as well. But yeah. for anyone out there that wants to just jump straight into a conversation, if you just look up on YouTube, actually, just phrases like vocal warm up, uh, singing warm up, that type of stuff, you'll see some of the the strange noises that
0: you can make to warm up your voice in advance. <laughs> well, let me re- let me reassure your your wonderful community. I certainly won't be doing any singing. <laughs> no, would be a disaster.
1: <laughs> no, I'll uh, I'll uh, stay away from that as well <laughs> yeah. I'm,
0: I'm practically tone death it would be horrible <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> what about you mentioned that uh, you get quite up close
0: to the microphone what about posture that's
1: quite important so well i've been told that's important with presentation
0: style um well yes, guess again i mean i mean i uh, when presenting to a group publicly i mean i'll always be on my feet and i always try and get in front of the lectern i don't like to, to hide behind lecterns which is why um, often I don't have any notes I just have the the prompts off the the, the, the slides um, but otherwise no in my office I've got a, a comfortable desk chair and I sit down um, and I make sure you know everything's turned off minimize the um, interruptions as much as possible and i just realized now I haven't disconnected the telephone so <laughs> let's keep fingers crossed nobody's going to call um, and and I then just, no, I then just um, relax. I mean, the, the main trick is not to, to do anything with your hands that ends up hitting the uh, the microphone. <laughs> do you use your hands when you're speaking on the mic, even though nobody can see you? I, Funny enough, when I'm recording courses, I do, because there's there's an, a, a video, you know, um, visual element to it. So I do tend to be more animated. And in fact, I was doing a recording the other day and I caught the pop screen with my hand. And then when I went back to edit it, um, I found there was a, a big big thump, but mm-hmm. you know, I said, you know what? And so I just put a, a little thought bubble that just said, "Oops," you know, when when it happened, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and let it go, you yeah. know, kept kept it natural and a bit funny. Yeah. Um. But um. No. When I'm I'm just sitting here. I've just got my hands in my lap, and and the the microphone is about uh, six inches away from my voice, with the pop screen in the middle. Yeah. And just just chatting away. And in fact, when I'm doing my video courses, I actually even have my mic off to the right. So it's away from the keyboard and and it still picks up the sound because it's a good microphone. It still picks up the sound absolutely fine. And I probably, because I'm being more animated, I probably speak more loudly anyway. So that Mm. compensates for the the slight distance.
1: Yeah. I find actually when I'm doing interview podcasts like this, I don't tend to use my hands at all. So very similarly, I've got a a pen in my hand. So I'm writing some notes and a piece of paper. Um, Mm. But that's about it. That's all the movement that I'm I'm making but when i'm doing solo podcasts when i'm recording just 10 15 minute episode on something i enjoy and passionate about i tend to sit up i sit i sit forward my hands do start waving around as if i'm speaking to somebody um partly because of that visualization that i am hopefully speaking to somebody in the other end um so yeah i, I, I do tend to be a bit more animated and i do find they come across a little mm-hmm. bit better when i'm doing that i'm not sure why there's must be something in your voice when you're getting like that
0: when you're kind of worked up and it, it leads to the movements as well <laughs> Yeah, and I think if you stand up, you probably come, you probably get more energy. Uh, it just depends on what sort of style you're trying to um, engage. Because I mean, in my when I'm interviewing, I don't want to be the high energy person. I want to be the the guide. Yeah, and I want the other person to have the energy and and do all the talking. So um, you know, yeah, I mean, I'll do what we're doing, which is to respond to their comments and and you know join in the conversation. So it's not a, a it's not a diatribe. Of questions from me and answers from him, yes, or her. But um, now I tend to. Uh, I, I, I think it's an intimate medium, podcasting, unlike a, a video course or public speaking. Yeah, and and I I quite like to try and make it, um, you know, from my my audience's point of view, something that they they can listen to and feel that that you know they they're sort of listening into a private conversation.
1: Brilliant. Well I think that's probably a great place to finish it just around the presentation style now people have got uh, some great tips around delivering interviews how to how to get the best out of an interviewee right up to um, notes how to write your notes how to create the the bullet points right on to uh, how to present how to sit and how to talk I think that's really
0: great so thanks very much for your time John. No, yeah, my pleasure. It's been great to talk to you, and uh, yeah. good luck to all you budding podcasters out there. Oh, just go and do it. Indeed, that's yeah, that's what I would say. Just do it. So, where, John, can uh, people find you? What are you working on just now? Um, well, my um, the best place to find me is my um, my my blog, which is um, jbdcolley, julietbarberdeltacolly dot um, Apart from the podcast, I spend a lot of time making on online courses. Um, I've got about um, over 11,000 unique students on Udemy. I'm just planning a couple of longer courses on my own platform. So, um, you know, you, but you can find um, you know, links to all that and everything um, uh, by just going to my blog. I'm at JBD Collie on Twitter. And if anybody's got any questions, they can email me, um, John at JBD dot com. And be, just say, you know, um, I, you heard me on, on Colin's show and you've got a question and I'd be more than happy to try to answer any questions anybody's got. Brilliant. Thanks very much for that. I appreciate that. Brilliant. Well, have a great day. Thank you very much.
1: Indeed. Enjoy the rest of your day too, John, and I'll talk to you soon. Brilliant. Thank you.
0: If you want more of everything podcasting... From equipment guides to podcasting courses, head over to thepodcasthost.com. And don't forget to give us some feedback. <laughs> Leave a comment at podcraft.net or send Colin a tweet at the podcast host. Thanks for listening.